Good morning, guys. So today marks the beginning of the May VAC, which stands for Virtual Apprenticeship Challenge, which is a month-long spoon carving course that I teach um, to a group of people all together. And each month I try and do convey the information a little differently. I've tried long-form videos on YouTube. I've tried uh, super short step-by-step videos on my Instagram feed. I've tried uh, a mix of the two. This month I tried sort of mid-length, couple-minute-long videos uh, on IGTV. And this coming month, May, I've decided I'm going to try to convey much of the information in podcast form because it's clear to me that I get much of my information while I'm carving and I, I don't want to be watching something. I want to be listening. So this podcast for the next month will largely be uh, given over to talking about spoon carving at length and the length of the podcast will likely be greater than they typically have been because I'm going to be trying to convey a lot of information in detail. Um, the idea is that you can put it on while you're carving, while you're driving, and just kind of get into it. <clears throat> so, um, I guess the place to start is what do you need to start with in order to start spoon carving? Um, first of all, I think uh, probably everybody who starts spoon carving probably starts with the idea that it's something they're interested in. Whether it's you see somebody else doing it, you stumble across a picture online, somebody uh, gives you a knife and you think I should use it, or like me, you think, I bet I could make something that I could sell. Uh, It all starts with that idea, and then the question is, how do you develop the information to to build on that? And for me, the information is what led to the tools. It wasn't the other way around. Um, I didn't start out with tools. I started out with a a pocket knife and very quickly learned that a pocket knife was not a good tool for carving. But it took me a, a lot longer to realize why that was. And the reason a pocket knife isn't a good knife for carving is because most pocket knives are like kitchen knives. They have a very small edge right at the a very small bevel right at the edge of the blade that makes them uh, easy to put a final edge on from the standpoint of the manufacturer but very difficult to maintain that edge to any degree of sharpness and also more difficult to feel the blade moving through the wood. It doesn't want to track. It's sort of like um, if you've gone sledding in a saucer sled versus a boat sled, right? Like So like a boat sled, the length of the boat sled is like the width of the bevel on a sloyd blade. It wants to track down the hill. And the, the saucer sled is like that little edge on most... Uh, chef's knives and pocket knives, it will allow the blade to spin within the wood because that long blade is not helping, that long 
what am I trying to say? That short bevel is not helping the blade track through the wood. It's not keeping it on target. Um, it's very happy to let the blade twist any which way, which just makes it difficult to carve. So for me, the first thing was realizing that I needed to get a, an actual carving blade. Um, I recently posted what I think is the appropriate gear to get if you are trying to approach spoon carving on an absolute budget like I was back when I was starting out. Please keep in mind that these tools are not meant to be, you know, the best tools for you. It's simply if, if you have an extremely limited amount of money to spend on spoon carving, here's what I think you should buy. I think you should buy a Moro 106. That's the, the long triangular blade, the longer of the two. There's the 120, which is short, and the 106, which is long, and you want the 106, you want that length. I think you should buy the new Mora 164. I stress new because they just redesigned it, and it comes now with a leather sheath, and they redesigned the bevels, and it works much, much better. Um, you shouldn't buy it on Amazon because I believe Amazon sellers tend to f sell off their remaining stock before they start selling the new stuff. So you should go directly to search for Mora Knife, M-O-R-K-N-I-V, um, and they should have an English language option. Um, and make sure you get left or right-handed if you're left or right-handed. Um, you only need the one, you don't need both. As for an axe, the simplest thing I found is the Fisker's Hatchet, the 14-inch Fisker's Hatchet, that's F-I-S-K-A-R-S. Um, but an axe, you know, depending on your ability uh, with tools or what tools you have at your disposal, an axe is one of the simpler things to find at a tag sale. And even if it's quite dull and rusty you can you know sandpaper off the rust and put a fresh edge on with a file just clamp the axe to a picnic table or your kitchen table or counter and use a standard metal file to put a fresh edge on it um, you're gonna need a some sort of saw to saw the wood to length I prefer pruning style saws to carpentry saws, but if you've got, if what you've got is a carpenter's saw, great, use that. And probably the best bang for the buck in terms of pruning saws is the Corona Quick Saw. It's about 35 bucks. Um, and then finally, you're gonna need some sort of sharpening system. And the best uh, sharpening system I know of for the least amount of money is a mixed pack of automotive grit sandpaper from Amazon. You want to get a pack that ranges from 400 to 3000 grit and you're going to need a chunk of 2x4 that's relatively clear grained and square and non-twisted. Just like a 6 inch length to wrap the, the sandpaper around. Now, that is your absolute bare basics kit. You could assemble that kit for probably, let me think for a second, just over a hundred bucks and you're in the game. The question then is, 
will you become a better spoon carver with better tools? And the answer is yes. You can spend, you know, 200 bucks on a knife and 200 bucks on a hook knife and 200 bucks on a axe and 60 bucks on a saw. Is it worth it? Probably not if you don't know if you're super into it or not, but when you decide that you're super into it, it's definitely worth it because the delta between the performance you get from the basic tools and the performance you get from the high-end tools is enormous. The other question that people often worry about is should I get the cheap tools first so I can you know, abuse them, learn how to sharpen them, make mistakes, etc., etc., on them. And I guess the answer, and I'm walking the dogs in case it's not obvious, listening to my breathing. Um, hey, Willa, stay out of there. Hey. Um, I guess the answer is you got to know yourself. If you are the type of person who's willing to do some research, educate yourself, which, quite frankly, if you're listening to this, you probably are, then you can educate yourself in how not to mess up one of these tools and master how to maintain them just fine. It is not difficult. In fact, part of what makes them better tools is that they are easier to maintain. The fact that they're higher performing doesn't mean that they're more finicky. They're not temperamental like some high-strung race car that needs things fiddled with. It's not like that. Part of what makes them better is that they are easier to maintain. And the companies that figure out how to mass-produce tools, part of what they leave on the cutting room floor are these finer details that allow the tool to be easily maintained. Um... So you're gaining performance and ease of maintenance with that leap. Now, is it worth getting the in-between tools? I kind of don't think so. This is my new thinking. So there's a whole range of sort of in-between spoon carving tools where if you aren't thinking, oh, I'm just going to get the bare minimum, uh, but you're thinking, oh, I can't afford the more expensive ones, maybe I'll get the sort of slightly better ones. I would say just don't do it. Just, uh, I would say, and this is just my own take, start with the really cheap ones if you can't afford the more expensive ones, or start with some mixture of the really cheap ones and really expensive ones. And as you can afford to piece up the more expensive tools, add them to your kit. But getting a middle ground tool is only going to muddy the waters terms of whether you should or you shouldn't, because you'll constantly be able to think to yourself, well, I could just keep going with this, how much better is it really? I already spent a bunch of money on this one, so if it were me, I would start with a Sloyd knife and the sandpaper, and a hatchet, either the Fiskars or a $5 tag sale hatchet, which is what I did. Start there. Yeah, you're going to need a saw, too. And don't even bother getting the hook knife for a while. Just do spatulas, spreaders, chopsticks. Just do that stuff and save your pennies. 
And it might be that in three months you're still going strong and you're really interested in it and you can justify spending $200 on a hook knife. And then it'll actually be more like $170 because you wouldn't have spent, no, sorry, $165 because you wouldn't have spent the $35 buying the cheaper hook knife in the first place, right? There's a certain cost savings to just not starting with everything right at the beginning and going right for the expensive things as you need them. Um, come on, dogs, hop in. So that's where I'd start. The other things you're going to need are, um, Maisie, come on, hop in. You're going to need a stump to work on, and you're going to need a club, which can be as simple as just a bulk of firewood. But um, both of those things are your surfaces and your, your tools that you're going to be using. And then you're going to need to start collecting wood. So this week, we're going to be talking mostly about sharpening and sort of tools in general. So we're going to get more specific about each tool and what goes into sharpening and sharpening theory. Um, and, uh, and in week two, we will talk about wood selection and storage and orientation and axing. Week three, we're going to talk about actually carving something and how you use your knife, how you think about order of operations, uh, all of those details. And week four, we're going to talk about using a hook knife um, and, and finishing details and sort of the end part of the process. So you can see that um, you could certainly start this process with just a Sloyd knife and have a long, long ways to go. I, I didn't own a hook knife for the first year and a half of my journey. And it was probably a good thing for me not to dive into that immediately because it meant that I was comfortable with the Sloyd knife by the time I finally took the leap. Thanks for listening, guys. I will do another probably longer session tomorrow. This was just a, a taste.